I want to preach for just a little bit here. I have a word from the Lord for somebody here. This service has all orchestrated itself to touch somebody's life. And we want that to happen in this place. Praise God. That's what church is all about. Lives being touched and changed and encouraged and helped in every situation. Thank God for that. God bless each one of you for being here. Welcome to all of our guests across this house, the Sanctuary family. Can you give our guests a great big applause and a welcome to the house of the Lord this morning? Last week was uh, Music Minister's Appreciation Sunday, and I remembered it, and I remembered it, and I remembered it, and I remembered it all week long, and then it came Sunday, and I forgot it, I forgot it, I forgot it. We love the Hoffies. We want to honor... What great people they are, what anointing worship. Praise God. This is where you see them, and that's fantastic. But you don't see the prayer life. You don't see the looking for songs. You don't see the touching out to the choir. You don't see the, the, the prayer teams that they have on the choir. But you feel all that happens behind the scenes. And thank God for them, their excellent leadership and their anointing. A wonderful thing about our God is that he will meet anybody, anywhere, anytime, for any reason. He can meet you at church during a Sunday school lesson, during the choir singing, or at altar call. He can meet you at your house when you're afraid, when you're all alone, or when you are in trouble. He can meet you at the hospital when the diagnosis doesn't look good, when they're taking you in for surgery, or when an emergency has taken place. God will meet you in the courtroom when you're wrongfully accused, when your spouse says they're leaving, or when you're placed on trial. Your past, your present circumstance, your future uncertainty does not cause God any alarm. Any alarm. He has the answer. He has the resource. He will provide. He will meet you in your circumstance. Has anybody ever met an on-time God who has met you at your time of need? You weren't sure how you were going to bake out of the situation, but God made a way. You didn't know how you were going to pay that with bill, but God made a way. You weren't sure how you were going to live another day, but God made a way. And then just like that, he steps into every situation. He comes to you. There's testimonies all over this house of God making a way when there seemed to be no way whatsoever. Last week I spoke on just doing something. Casting your hook for a miracle. I posed the question, are you going fishing? There are times when you have yet have to get out of the boat to walk on the water. You have to throw the net on the other side to catch the load of fish. You have to march around the walls of Jericho for them to fall. But this morning, I want to talk to people who have no idea what the next step is. You're overwhelmed in your circumstance. You'd be happy to sling your leg over the edge of the boat. But the storm is raging so hard, you don't even know where the edge of the boat is. 
I can't tell you how many people I've talked with in just the last little while that they honestly do not know what to do. They'd be happy to throw the hook into the water to catch the fish with the miracle, but they can't even find a fishing pole to do it. I'm wanting to encourage you this morning, along with all of us in the house, God will come to you. He will meet anybody, anywhere, anytime, and for any reason. Way back in the day, about the only thing that was delivered was mail and pizza. You'd order something through the catalog, and sometimes they'd ship it to your house, but a lot of times you had to go to JCPenney's or Sears to pick it up even from that store. How times have changed. I remember when we were in quarantine, it's the first time I did it, but I ordered groceries online and someone went to the grocery store for us and picked up the groceries and delivered them to our front porch. Talk about convenient. But side note, the princess doesn't want anybody touching her groceries though. Hmm. Nice convenience, but we shall not be partaking of that one. In today's world, pizza is still delivered, but so is every other restaurant food on the planet because there's a delivery service. You want a milkshake from Culver's? You can find somebody to go get that for you and bring it to your house. Thank God for our production team who work a lot of hours, a lot off, of off nights all behind the scenes. The only time they really get noticed is when something goes wrong in the whole church. Soloist Mike wasn't on. The words didn't pop up on the back screen. Rare occasions. But for you watching online, if you happen to be watching through Facebook, drop them a note of thanks because it is very convenient when we were all in quarantine or when you can't get here for the church to come to you. Can you give our production team a great big hand for that? Or when you want to relive that service with just a couple clicks, there it is. It came to your circumstance. Let me reiterate, when it seems you cannot get to God, He will indeed come to you. He'll meet anybody, anywhere, at any time, for any reason. When we look at the book of Acts, we say it's the birthday of the church in the second chapter. It was powerful. People being baptized, people receiving the Holy Ghost, thousands of them, the gospel being preached, lives being changed, miracles and signs and wonders. There wasn't competition. The church functioned as the body of Christ. So much excitement and unity. Oh, there were some external problems, some people who didn't like the new way. It was messing with the idol maker's livelihood. It was even messing with some of the preachers and teachers of the law, their influence and their control and their income. So even in the midst of this great revival, there was persecution. One of the ringleaders, Saul, was ramping up attacks against the church. This persecution was causing some of these new believers to scatter. Well, as they did scatter, the gospel just kept spreading. And as sometimes happens, not only externally, but there was a little internal uprising within the church. It seemed there was a complaint of discrimination. The Greek speak 
speaking Jews believed that some of their widows were not getting as much assistance or attention as the other widows with this seemingly small situation. The 12 disciples put on the brakes and the Bible says they called a multitude of disciples together. They had a general conference over this widow issue. And just a side note, that's how important unity is because they understood that if there was a threat to the unity of the church, there could potentially derail what was happening in this great revival. So they decided to pick out seven honest men full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom and they appointed them over this matter. Now bringing all of this up to tell you that the Bible names all seven of these chosen and appointed men but the first two it mentions was Stephen and Philip. These two men I'm certain were served well but they also continued to fulfill other ministries. Right after this appointment in the word of God if you keep reading in Acts it will show that Stephen full of the Holy Ghost was out preaching and full of faith and power doing great miracles and signs and wonders and people were getting saved but some of those workers of the synagogue were not happy about that and they stirred up the people and ultimately Stephen became the first martyr of the church. They killed him and stoned him for what he believed and stood for. This along with Saul wreaking havoc. That's why the church was being scattered all over the world and and the gospel was being preached. So we come to Acts chapter 8 verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord, there's the unity again, gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. There were unclean spirits being cast out and there were people that were possessed and and people that were tormented from those and the the lame were healed and other ailments were gone. Insomuch Acts 8, 8 tells us and there was great joy in that city. Mighty things were happening. It was wonderful. It was exciting. It was all out revival in Samaria. Word traveled back to Jerusalem that revival was breaking out in Samaria. The world headquarters sent Peter and John. And when they got there, oh, it was true. Excitement everywhere. They started laying hands on people. And the Holy Ghost were filling these Samaritans full of his spirit. And Philip, the man full of wisdom and full of the Holy Ghost, appointed to assist the care of the widows, was out there having great church preaching and teaching and praying and healing and prophesying and delivering. This must be what God wants me to do. I'm smack dab in the middle of a revival. I'm smack dab in the middle of something wonderful. Then we get to Acts 8, 26. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip. I've never that I've known of had a personal encounter with an angel. I know we entertain angels unaware, but I know of people in this place. You've absolutely talked with angels or angels have come and talked to you. But this angel came and talked to Philip and said, arise and go toward the south into the way that goeth from the, that from Jerusalem into Gaza, which is desert. What? Leave? Nobody else can go? Don't you understand? I'm in the middle of a revival. No thanks. We're having tremendous revival here among the Samaritans. Things are happening. Things are rolling. Things are powerful. It's necessary for me to stay here. I'm scheduled to preach tomorrow night. I can't leave now. No, the angel said, Philip, get up south. Some scholars said that could even be interpreted as as the time. So get up at noon or go there at noon. Take the road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. Philip didn't question. 
There was no question of why or how or what about. Philip caught up and went. On that road, there was a man who had great authority under the queen of the Ethiopians. He was a high up official in that government of Ethiopia. He just so happened to have been at Jerusalem and went to church. He was going back home, riding in his chariot. He was reading the Bible and reading the prophet Isaiah, trying to figure it all out. And Philip, just standing on the road at noon, trying to figure out, why am I here? I left a great revival. <laughs> Have you ever had an experience like that? And one time I was in St. Peter's and I was going to some little store. I have no idea where. And I was in the mall. I was in this little strip mall with all those stores. And the Lord said, go in the Dollar Tree. I said, I don't want anything in the Dollar Tree. Go in the Dollar Tree. So I pardon that I feel like a great apostle Philip, but I felt like Philip in there just wandering around. I don't know if I need a dollar rose or a dollar card. Price check on aisle three, a dollar, whatever I need wandering around till I get to the back of the store and I rounded the corner and there was a backslider from our church. I said, hello. <laughs> hello, Brother Bland. I have no great end of the story except he was there and I said, come back to church. We miss you. He said, okay. I wonder if Philip felt like that. Standing there just looking around. I did what you said, Lord. I don't have any idea. Yep, I'm here at noon. I'm on the right road. Perfect, Philip, because Acts 8, 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, go near. See that chariot? Go up and get walk right beside that chariot. Philip did walk in there. When he got real close enough, he could hear this man in there saying, he was as led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his ears, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? Philip hearing all this, walking, knew what to do. Strike up a conversation. You understand what you're reading? No. How can I? Someone's going to have to explain it to me. Can you? Come here, come here, get up in this chariot. Can you explain this to me? And Philip grabbed a hold of the prophet and where he was in that prophecy. And he started expounding and explaining. He started there and explained all the way to Jesus. And Philip told him all about Jesus and all about salvation. It was a powerful and convicting lesson. Because as they were rolling along, along in the chariot, they happened to be rolling past a body of water. And this, this, this man said, hey, here's some water. Do you know of anything that's stopping me from being baptized? And Philip said, well, no, not really. Do you believe what I'm telling you? Do you believe, understand who Jesus is? Oh, yes, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Stop the chariot. This man and Philip went down into the water. Philip baptized him. How exciting. The plan of salvation revealed to this man. Acts 8, 39, and when they were come up out of the water, I'm sure they were talking about it. I'm sure they were excited about it. Man, what a great experience. I'm glad we met up today. Whew. The Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. That man just standing there looking around. Where'd he go? Seems like he just kind of shrugged his shoulders. Oh, well. The Bible says he, and he went rejoicing on his way. 
But Philip was found, the next verse says, at Azotus, some say 20 or 30 miles away. And what do we find him doing? Preaching again, preaching revivals, preaching through towns, seeing miracles, signs, and wonders again. This account of this Ethiopian man in these 13 or so verses amazes me. High-powered official, this man reading scripture, not understanding it, he had a problem, he had a situation, and God, who can meet anyone, anywhere, tells Philip, this evangelist, in the middle of a powerful revival, go stand on a street at noon and just wait until I tell you what to do. Philip, there is somebody who has a question. There is somebody who has a need. There is somebody who is willing to say, I don't understand, but I would like to. There is someone who has great authority over the queen's entire estate, but is humble enough to say, I'm not getting this, and I need to know more. I need some help. And what a great God. What a personal God. How compassionate to meet this man at his point of need. This man needed salvation. This man was hungry and God filled him. There could have been race issues. There could have been possible language barriers. There could have been a, he was considered a Gentile. So many seeming obstacles, but God used Philip. Why Philip? He knew Jesus. He's a Grecian Jew. He speaks Greek. He had a servant's heart because he was used to serving all of those widows. He was used to following and obeying. He was just preaching to outsiders in Samaria. So that wasn't a problem. He had no prejudice. He had the answers that the man needed. He knew the scripture. He knew exactly where he was in Isaiah 53. Accounts like this absolutely fascinate me when you consider the personal touch of an almighty God. The timing and the location and the persons involved as this man was understanding the scripture. The chariot at that time just happened to be rolling past some water and then so Philip's gone. A little account shoved in there. When there was a great famine, God tucked away the prophet Elijah and had birds bring him food each morning and evening. He met his need. He came to his Elijah in his circumstance. God sent an earthquake to release Paul and Silas who were unlawfully and falsely accused and put into prison. He met them in their circumstance. God sent a great fish to save Jonah in his circumstance. God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions in Daniel's circumstance. How many times have you read all throughout the Bible where God sent an angel to minister to someone in their time of need? God sent the angel into their circumstance. Jesus met the woman at the well in her circumstance. Even the great apostle Paul was discouraged and was in a bad situation. He wrote in 2 Corinthians 7, 6, Nevertheless, 
God that comforted those that are cast down comforted us by sending Titus to me. God sent Titus into Paul's circumstance. I am just simply here this morning to tell somebody in this house, I don't care what your circumstance is. Yes, he's an almighty God, but he will meet anybody, anywhere, at any time, for any reason. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above what we ask or even think. If there are wars, if there are pandemics, if there are riots, if there are raids, those are all huge and big things on a big scale. But you listen very closely to what God has sent me to remind you. He can send someone or send something to you in your circumstance. Even if there is a revival going on and healings over there and excitement all over the world, but you as an individual have a problem. You have a need. You are hungry after God. He will do whatever it takes to chase your chariot down. Philip may have to meet your chariot at the hospital. He may have to run down your chariot in bankruptcy court. Your chariot may be rolling down the road of confusion. Your chariot may be mired in sickness and pain. It doesn't matter what's going on in your situation. God can meet you in your circumstance. He can meet anybody, anywhere, at any time, for any reason. Stand in this house. If God needs to send an earthquake, He'll send an earthquake. If God needs to send an angel to defeat 185,000 of your enemies, God will send that angel. If God needs to send a Titus or Philip to help you, God will send it to you. If God needs to rotate the world back on its axis, God will do that. If God needs to plant a sycamore tree so someday you can climb up it and meet Jesus, He'll do it. If God needs to leave the splendor of glory manifest in the flesh and take your place on Calvary, He will do it. He will meet anybody, anywhere, at any time, for any reason. There's no cultural barrier. There's no religious barrier. There's no race barrier. There's no language barrier big enough to stop our God from getting to you in your circumstance. Somebody raise your hands and believe that God is near to you.